to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. Uh, I am Jonathan Cook, and with me as always is Brian Jenkins, but he is not here, as a matter of fact, today. Brian is sick. He just walked in here and just walked out of here. The man is coughing and draining, and he, he probably wouldn't make it through 10 minutes of podcasting today. But luckily, I had already planned to have a market expert with us today. This is my partner in crime on a daily basis. She works with me in uh, real estate transactions, consulting, property management. Kim Furlow, everyone, let's give Kim Furlow a hand. Actually, not really. If you're listening in your cars, keep your hands on the wheel. But (laughs) Kim, introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are, how long you've been in the industry, what you're doing, uh, what we do on a daily basis, you know. Thank you, partner. Hello. It's it's nice to be here. I've been in real estate going on about 15 years. I started as a residential sales agent, did some apartment locating. That led to multifamily property management, specifically leasing and as a leasing manager and uh, getting involved in some operations, then transitioned into single-family property management. And uh, primarily right now, my role is working with investors in a sales capacity and as a market analyst analyst and consultant yeah i let's let's talk about all right hang on we're going to stop right there because i'm going to tee you up for a thing hang on a, second. a thing all right. okay so uh it's march it's it, this should be the first episode of march that is the purpose of this because march is going to be our market madness march madness tie-in bunch of M's. We love, we love alliteration around here. Profitable powerhouse properties. Bunch of P's. Hey, bunch of M's this month. The M's work out well the this M's month. Work out, the, the M's work out well. And it becomes our anniversary of the actual podcast. We, we recorded, I think, our first episode in March. So, like, hey, cool. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a bunch of stuff going on at once. And what we want to talk about we're going to uh, talk markets. about another M today. We are going to talk about another M today. But before we get to that, I'm going to explain what we're going to do March. All March long, we're going to be talking about the different markets in the state of Alabama. That's where we are. It is where we have the most accurate market data. And, you know, from an investment standpoint, the state of Alabama as a whole is a pretty hot market, uh, specifically for tax purposes. Um, we have some of the lowest property taxes in the entire country, which makes us a really, really smart investment state. Um, we, we cash flow really well in most circumstances. We're just a good state to invest in as a whole. And we happen to have offices and uh, we, we, we work in the four major markets of Alabama, which are from the top of the state going down. It's Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, and Mobile. Uh, the, the two largest cities in Alabama are, of course, Birmingham and Montgomery. And uh, we're specifically today going to talk about Montgomery because um, it was it's one of our newest markets in general from a company standpoint anyways. It's the second largest uh, city in the state. So that's, it just makes sense that, that we manage down there as well as consult and sell down there. But also... Kim, you started that office. I we, did. That's that's one of the cool things about having you on today. You were the first person to get down there and actually open up that that branch. I mean, it's newish, newish for us. It's been open for what two years now, yes. two and a half, some, something along those lines. We've we've had that market open, um, but I think originally we opened it with uh, one client or a group, uh, a few groups of clients that actually had purchased some portfolios down there. And then once we moved down into that area, we started, you know, looking at it as it's, 
so it's our largest portfolio or our largest grouping of uh, Section Eight it happens to be down in down in Montgomery. Yes. Um, and and I think a lot of out of state investors have looked at it as, oh yeah, it's a it's pretty good for Section Eight or or something like that. It, it's a good low low price point to start in, but as far as um, or appreciation, you know, used to, you know, for the the general consensus of in the state, it, it didn't have the best appreciation. Sure, but as far as cash flow goes, it is a killer. It might be the best cash flow market that we that we manage. I think from from just the standpoint of your buy-in ability, your how much your your money carries down there, and then its ability to get a a rent that that is going to cash flow for you, coupled with the fact that, hey, guess what? Their taxes are even lower than what they are in Birmingham. Uh, th- that that makes for a really really like perfect storm of let's buy a bunch of stuff down there. We want a cash flow. I mean, I, I'm telling you, if 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 I had someone come to me and I I say if I we do have this. This thing happens to us constantly. I have somebody call me and say, hey, you know, I'm from New Jersey or I'm from California or I'm from wherever and I'm looking to get some properties. I really want them to cash flow really well. That's the most important thing to me because I'm a first time home investor. I, I, I need cash flow. I've got, a, you know, X amount of dollars. Where can I buy cash flow? And I go, well, I mean, I'd love to sell you something in Birmingham because that's where I happen to be sitting right now and it'd be easier for me. But realistically, uh, Kim, let's sell them something in Montgomery. <laughs> and I go, Kim, you go down there often enough. Let's sell them something in Montgomery. Tell, tell me a little bit about Montgomery. Why does it work? Why is that Why is that where I send people when their, their first thing they tell me is cash flow? What is the median down there? What's it look like to, to buy? Right now, your median sales price is right around 120000 with your median monthly rent at about 900 a month. So definitely. I mean, but that's, talk- yeah, and we're talking that's, I mean, that's, those are media numbers. Right. Um, and, and when you get a median sales price, a lot of that is going to be retail pricing. So if you're an investor, I mean, it stands to reason that if your median price is 120 and most of that is going to be occupant purchases or retail purchases, if you're going down there as an investor and you're getting good cash deals because you're, you're, you're specifically looking for a deal, that's going to be really close to that under 120. Hey, if you're close to 90... And your rent is averaging nine hundred. What is that magical thing that people talk about all the time? That's how that's close to that one percent rule, isn't it? That one percent. That one percent. Which, which we, you and I, from a consultant standpoint, love to take that one percent and go, whoa, 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 stop what you're doing. Let's let's talk you through this one percent and why that's not the only thing you need to worry about. Let's talk about maintenance. Let's talk about taxes. Let's talk about insurance. Yeah, okay. One percent is not always the best way to 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 go purchase a property, but it is a good key indicator for for a rule of thumb of, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good place to start. Let's start over there, but let's figure one of those that actually makes sense, right? Yeah. And if we're starting with the 1%, Montgomery is definitely a good place to be for that. And you're looking at, when you're looking at the median value of $120,000, you're Average homestead tax per year is about four hundred and thirty-five. So even at a nine hundred dollar range, that's that's back to that one percent thing. That's why that's not always the most important thing in the world. If you're in, you know, Oklahoma City where the taxes are ten percent, okay, one percent. You need to be at one percent for it to to make sense. That's a pretty good round number. But, but if we're talking about one twenty, 
with a $400 a year tax rate, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? Even when you we, even when you go non-homestead and you jump that up to 800 bucks, hey, guess what? You're gonna it, that one percent doesn't mean as much when you're sitting there going, well, I still cash flow even at 120 because because right. you're talking 120 cash flow and 800 dollars a month or 800 dollars a year. Let, let's let's break that down into uh, gross average terms. Let's just take our grosses. And our averages and and run those into gross numbers. If we're talking nine hundred dollars a month, that's that's your median rent range. So you're talking just under uh, what is that eleven thousand ish? That that's your that's your gross uh, yearly income. So if that's eleven thousand, and then you're only taking out let, let's just double the taxes for the homestead purposes to get to a non-homestead. It's an investment property. Let's just double it. So was it four thirty something? Four thirty five. So we're talking not even nine hundred dollars a year in taxes. Okay, so eleven thousand minus not even a thousand, you're still at ten thousand dollars a year before we start taking out management, before we start taking about maintenance. The fact that the taxes take out less than a thousand dollars in that particular instance, which is the median, everyone that's listening, understand that that's not like a difficult thing to achieve. If it's already the median, we're not even talking about going down there and finding you a good deal. This is just a regular deal. This is just the average deal. This is what somebody can go down there without even us consultants going, hey, buy this one. This is a, I found you a good one. Without even our expertise and consulting magic, you can go down there and cash flow pretty easily. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, if we're talking... You're going down there, and you're already hitting those numbers. If if you get someone that knows what they're doing, us or somebody else in that area that that deals in uh, investment specialty or that can consult you into finding these deals that are not only you know 120 with 900 dollars a month rent, you, you get us down there and have us be able to help you find something that's way better of a deal than that, and then you let us manage it, and we happen to put someone there a little bit over 900. If we look at the 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 military base that's down there. We get someone that's that's able to have some military housing allowance, or you know, we get down there and and are able to to find some of these people that are working at that the Hyundai plant, or or somebody that's in need of something because just the economy's growing and and you need housing down there. Or even if we go Section Eight, we just had an episode with Charlene and Joe where we talked about Section Eight for for an hour and fifteen minutes or so. And Section 8 is not a thing to worry about. So if we're, we're able to get someone down there, you know, written from a, a government housing standpoint, Section 8, and you get a guaranteed renter in there paying $900 a month from Section 8, and guess what? Those tenants last way more than three or four years. Say they stay in there for seven years at $900 a month. Golly, I mean, it's just a cash flow dream down there, Kim, Right? That's right. I mean, is that what you were seeing when you were down in that area? I mean, when we sell down there, I know we talk about that all the time when we're helping people. Tell, tell me a little bit about what, why is that area growing the way it is? What's happening down there? What are, before we talk about growth, I'm sorry. Let me back up a few seconds. What, what is it like down there without all the new stuff that's going down there? What, what's already in place? Let's talk about, uh, I guess, the Hyundai, the Hyundai plant. Uh, I mean, how, how many people does the Hyundai plant employ, or not even just that, like it's, uh, am I mistaken about it? It was the first place that, that Hyundai built in North America. Is that correct? 
It was. It's the first North American popul- or production facility. Right now, I think it employs around 1,300, and it's got an economic impact uh, to our state at about $4.8 billion. That's $4.8 billion for just the impact that it has on there? Uh-huh. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know they spent like, um, was it a billion dollars that they spent building that facility? That's correct, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, if we're talking, I know it's, all right, when we say 1,300 people is what they employ, that doesn't mean that that's all that it actually reaches or it, that doesn't just mean 1,300 houses. Not at all. I mean, we're, we're talking that that's going to be, that's just the people they directly employ. So if we're talking about a $4 billion economic impact, that is the people that service the people that work there. So we're talking uh, uniforms, we're talking housing, you know, construction of the houses that they need to have. We're talking the people that have to service those houses. We're talking about the people that, that have to feed those people. So we're, we're, we're talking that that is going to impact more than just the people that, that are actually working directly for, for Hyundai. So th- the impact down there from that is is gigantic, um, and then we're it talking is. about yeah. I mean, if we're talking about logistics, just from a logistics standpoint, um, if they're manufacturing stuff, the good thing about Alabama that that I know we talked about it when we were in the the uh, Acre meeting when we were talking about Alabama from a logistics standpoint is one of the best places for any industry, uh, especially manufacturing, to to move to, and we've seen that that's happening. That's coming. That's I know we, I said we were going to talk about the future stuff in a minute, and we're going to get back to that. But but the reason why is just from a logistics standpoint, our ability to move things across the state, manufacturing, warehousing. Uh, we have a rail system in Alabama that is, I mean, pretty unmatched by, by most other states, most other areas that, that a company can come and, I mean, if we go back to the taxes, we're low taxes, so it, people want to build uh, manufacturing plants in Alabama. Anyways, we've seen it from the car industries with Toyota, uh, Honda, Hyundai, P- uh, Mercedes. Everybody likes Alabama from that standpoint. But I know Amazon even likes us from a from a warehouse standpoint. So if we have all this this ability to move things across the state on the rail system, which is inexpensive inexpensive uh, transport, uh, we we do that super well in the state. Montgomery being in kind of the heart of the state or, or the center of the state makes it real easy to get stuff from any corner of Alabama through Montgomery or or I can build something in Montgomery and then move it around to any other part of the state, especially to down to Mobile, which we're going to talk about next week. Um, we're going to talk about its its port city and why that's big and useful and 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 awesome and uh, and in you know a future economic explosion, which we're not there yet, guys. We're still talking about Montgomery, which is way bigger than Mobile. It's the second largest city in the state of Alabama, which I don't know if I've said that yet. I may have a dozen times, or I definitely will before the end of this this episode. So back to what else is down here. We're talking about, we also talk about Maxwell Air Force Base. If there's 1,300 in, in uh, 1,300 employees from Hyundai, how many people are at Maxwell? I know it's way more than 1,300, right? Maxwell right now, um, provides employment for an average of about 17,000 military, civil service, and contract personnel. It's also home to the U.S. Air Force Education Air University, and 34,000 students on average go through there each each year. 34,000. Yearly. Yearly. So if, so if you're looking at... a housing standpoint... 
and why to buy in Montgomery if we just said those two industries alone. We don't add anything else. We're talking 30 some odd thousand plus 17,000 plus 1,300. And we're talking about if 1,300 has an economic impact of 4 billion, uh, I can't even imagine what 47-ish thousand, almost 50,000 people, what that economic you know, impact is from Maxwell Air Force Base. It's got to be... I don't math that well. I, I don't either. It's I'm sure it's staggering. I and mean, if we're talking about going back to the same reason why 1,300 doesn't just mean we need 1,300 houses, <laughs> we go to almost 50,000 and figure out how many people need to be housed because of that on a yearly basis. We're, we're talking... It, so I, I, you're right. I don't math that well. I, I, I don't. I mean, that's my job on, on a daily basis is to sit here and crunch numbers. But I'm usually able to not have to deal in those larger numbers and get down to something much more manageable. <laughs> but if we're talking about from a national standpoint, why you need to be looking at Montgomery, there, there's a definite need for housing. If we're talking about the academy, the Air Force Academy, the, the, the flight academy down there. Those are not people that are going to buy and live there forever. Those are, and it, when I say this, I don't mean it as short term as it sounds, but they're, they're temporary, they're, they're temporary residents. So those people are going to rent, right? Does that, that stands to reason that, that a temporary um, resident to, to Montgomery is going to rent. They're not going to buy, or it's very unlikely that they'll buy. But I know we talked about military folks in that area, even after they've moved or, or retired from the military, buying into that area. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that's happening in Huntsville as well when, mm-hmm. when the NASA folks leave NASA or retire from military. They're, they're still living down there as, as retired military, but, but are staying on as contractors or that they like the area. I, I know when we, we, we've been down to Montgomery, it's a beautiful city that, that I've kind of taken for granted when I'm not down there as often as I could be. I mean, it's, I mean, it's an hour from us. That's, that's all it is. Well, it's actually within 600 miles of one third of the entire United States population. That's a staggering number. It that's, really, that's not 50,000 really anymore. That becomes, that becomes a much greater number than it's close to. It really does. So not only Atlanta, not only Birmingham. I mean, we're talking yeah. about Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Nashville. Mm-hmm. I know it, that's not, it doesn't get Chicago. I know, I know we're more than 600 miles from Chicago. It's like 700 from Chicago or something. But just but barely. Just barely. I mean, if we jump it out to more than 600, I know 600 miles is what makes it crazy because it's a third of the population. That's that's astronomical. And you were talking about the railways, but also when you're looking at transportation, um, look at interstates. Yeah. Montgomery being centrally located, I-65, I-85 mm-hmm. go right through. You've got the airport there yeah. that's continuing to grow. It's, um, I think, accommodates 350,000 travelers to and from each year. Um, brings more than I think 1.3 billion dollars in annual economic activity to to Montgomery. to Montgomery, and you've also got the the Alabama River, yeah, which I mean, even I, provides access to the Port of Mobile. Which, yes, so, we're not talking about that yet. We're not we'll talk talking about that next week. <laughs> but yes, oh man, I mean, 
I didn't even think about the the. I mean, I guess that stands to reason that that the river gets down there as well. But I mean, I was definitely more thinking from a logistics standpoint, the rail systems down that way. But yeah, the river actually does provide a lot of uh, transportation down to the coast, but also all along the river itself. But 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 and when all I of think this the river, is feeding I, straight through Montgomery. Yeah. And, but generally, when I think of the river, I generally think of it more for recreational purposes, which we, they're, they're, that's a big industry down there. Um, just from, and, and maybe it's just the southern boy in me that that loves being on a river and 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 uh, you know, recreating. Which I don't know if that's even the correct term to use, but but I know I, I always grew up going to the river every weekend and fishing and skiing and. You know, riding you know wave runners and sea doos and all all that stuff that was always on the river. But yeah, when you when you go down there, it's more than just having fun on that river. They actually use that. That that's the Alabama River is big enough that people actually use it for economic purposes, which I don't even generally think about because I'm just having fun on it when I'm down there. Well, and you're not the only one that feels that way, and that's evidenced by the revitalization in the downtown and river walk, river walk, river walk. Oh, yes. area in Montgomery. That's, that's right where the uh, that's where the baseball field is, and I can't think the of the Montgomery Biscuits. The Biscuits. The Biscuits. That's right. That, I, when uh, and I'm going to stop talking about Montgomery for a half a second just to talk about Birmingham and the Barons. And when when that got moved to actual downtown Birmingham, the revitalization that happened around the baseball park. It's a minor league team. I know if you're a national investor and you're talking about this from, if you're listening to us and you happen to be in Chicago or LA or, or New York and you happen to have like, you know, a real team, if, if you have a, a Yankees or a, or, or, or a Dodgers or a Cubs, I understand that you don't think of our minor league teams as doing the kind of work that they do, but they they create a sense of, of community in in at least Birmingham, and I also know Montgomery, where it's it's a fun place to go with the kids. It's it's a good reason to revitalize that area around there because it doesn't just bring um, people to the games. Hey, once the game is over, because baseball baseball is one of those interesting sports that is somehow always got a game going. I mean, there's always a baseball game. They play something like what four billion games a day. <laughs> I don't know. They play. They, there's a ton of baseball games, and so if you're going to a baseball game, that gives uh, something to do. And that's one of those things that that I always harp on, especially when we talk about revitalized areas. When, when you're talking about an a, an area where people are are living around in a a downtown area, when you give a tenant something to do for fun as opposed to just you live here, you have to live here because you work here, you work and then you, you, you go to work and then you come home and you live and then you go to bed and you you work the next, I mean that's that's not you know the kind of life that we want these tenants to, and I've said it before that, that tenants are the lifeblood of our industry. We have to put a tenant in some place for the property management to, to work. And when we're talking about real estate investing from a, you buy a house, you put a renter in it, a renter is the, that's the end goal. And so you want your renters to be close to something that they can enjoy. If a renter is happy, guess what? The the owner of the property is happy because they're getting their rent on time. They're getting a happy tenant that goes home and is, is enjoying life and treats your property better because they don't stay. And Brian says it all the time because what we heard in Memphis, they don't stay there in that property. They live there. And if they have a community around them that is fun, 
and is enjoyable to be in because there's stuff to do, hey, guess what? They don't stay in Montgomery because it's where they have to be to work. They, they live there because it's fun. It's a great little city. There's a ton of stuff to do. If you live near Montgomery, you can go to the Riverwalk. You're right. You can go to the baseball the baseball uh, field. You can, you can get out there and do all the fun activities that they've revitalized around it. And I mean, a lot of that is music and, and you know, restaurants and bars. And it's, it's a fun nightlife down there. When we were down there recently, we actually walked to um, the downtown area. When we were walking to the Riverwalk, and you can look around and see all the, the fun stuff that they've built into it. Uh, you know, you've got the, the what, is the, what is the boat with the, the steam paddle thing on it? What is that actually called down there? You know what I'm talking about. I do right know what you're talking about. That's, that's a neat little uh, restaurant that's actually in there. And they, I know it takes tours and does goes up and down the river. I mean, there's the point of it is not what is the name of the boat. But it's, it's what can you do down in Montgomery? What can make a tenant want to live down there? There's a bunch of stuff to do, right? Absolutely. And you're all, you've also got the Montgomery Zoo, the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. Oh, absolutely. All of the historic tourism. Um, Montgomery is rich in history. Yeah. The Legacy Museum, the Rosa Parks Museum, absolutely. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's home. Mm-hmm. The, the the list goes on in in terms of significant points of of interest, and it's I mean, like, and when we're talking about that kind of thing, that gives you something more than just yeah. There's an economic impact on it, but but when we step back from the numbers and we're talking about people want to live there because it's it's interesting, like you, you know what I mean. It's it's not just it's convenient. Yeah, we talked a lot about logistics earlier and why it's convenient to invest in Montgomery, but it's also, it's a nice place to be. Yeah, like when some... we're looking at that neat stuff, or I know we were down there near the uh, Civil Rights Museum down there, right? What is that, the Legacy the Museum? The Legacy Museum. And I know we walked down, and that is just, that's a little bit awe-inspiring when we were down there. And when we looked at the, the houses that were being revitalized around there, like talk a little bit about what we were seeing when we were down there, just from a what it looks like is happening. I mean, when we talk about a revitalized area. We're looking at taking a lot of these historic homes and properties and renovating them, keeping the old the, touches and, and adding a contemporary the spirit flair. Of the history. And, and folks want to be in those areas, you know, walking distance to downtown to a lot of these uh, activities, the, yeah. the nightlife that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's growing exponentially. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we want to tell you about one of our preferred partners, Rootstock. So what if there was an investing platform that allowed you to collect passive income and generate average annualized returns of over 8% in markets across the U.S., not just the ones in your backyard? With Rootstock.com, you can buy, sell, and own investment properties the way the pros do it and start earning passive income right away. So don't wait. Reach out to them today and get started on Rootstock.com. Talking about what the the median price ranges are, the 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 hundred and twenty thousand dollars is the current median down there versus the the nine hundred dollar median rental. Yeah, we can talk about those. That's the current numbers. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they are right this minute. I and mean, we're talking about what cap rates end up being down there. From you take your you take your cheap taxes out of it, 
you take your your gross rental rates and and your total your your total gross uh, income from a from from a yearly uh, standpoint. It's good stuff, but it, it's already fine. It's already cash flowing, and we've already said that yeah, Montgomery is your cash flow city, and it's not one of those areas that we traditionally look at from a um, appreciation standpoint. But it's starting to be right. That's one of the things that like, it's like a sleeper. It's like a dark horse. It's like a, it's the underdog. It's the underdog of, of the, the metros in Alabama right now. People don't realize that it's happening and that it's going to slowly. But they're starting to. Yeah. And now, now is the time. This is, yeah, that's, that's, that's the point of this podcast. That's the point of this episode of the podcast. We're highlighting Montgomery in that if you're investing in Alabama and yeah, you want a cash flow. Montgomery is where you need to do it. That's where you need to put your money. But if you're looking from a long-term standpoint, it's no slouch there either. That's where it's it's starting to get to be. Uh, not only does it cash flow at nine hundred dollars, not not only is it is it getting those kind of rent rates on average and, and the median, but we're starting to see those numbers are gonna be able to tick up a little bit. There there there's enough. That's kind of the point of when I'm talking about the nightlife and what's happening down there. That's that's what's going to make those numbers be able to climb pretty steadily. They'll they'll be able to go up. What was the when we're talking about the actual growth in in the sales price? What was the I know we talked about the the appreciation over the last few years. What did that actually look like? Because I don't actually remember what those numbers were. I think we're at about a three point nine percent annual. And that's, is that the the retail? Sales prices yes. that are going up. Okay, so if we're talking three percent, that's that's not bad from from a you know hundred and hundred to hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand dollar price range. That's not going to be bad. I mean, if you have a tenant in there for seven years, because you got a Section Eight tenant in there, or even if you don't, if you have a military personnel in there, or someone going to the college down there, that's four or five years. If you've got a tenant in there for uh, you know, under 10 years and it, it's going up 3% a year. And let's say that actually is going to start getting a little bit higher than 3%. You can make some decent money down there nowadays. You can just put your money down there just to, just, just to hide it from taxes. You can throw it down there and, and watch it tick up pretty easily in the next, you know, handful of years. And now let's talk about what's, what's coming down there. Do we have that, that stuff? Do we want to get into that yet? I'll, I'll tell you about one thing that's pretty huge. What do you got? They've just started on a $50 million government-backed whitewater park and outdoor center. It's going to be on the outskirts of downtown. It's going to include a park for rafting, kayaking, restaurants, shops, an outdoor concert venue, hotel and conference center, all kinds of outdoor activities, Climbing, zip lines, mountain biking, rope courses, and more. It's it's mind blowing what this is going to do, and it's gonna it's gonna push residential and commercial development into West Montgomery, and, and even you know more into the downtown area. It's blowing up. The, this face is not a. I was waiting for you to talk <laughs> about this. This is the face of I had no idea that that was happening. That it you, is, you it is happening. Completely throw me a curveball, and I, I I thought we had. I thought we knew what we were going to be talking about. I thought I knew what you were going to say and say, oh, yeah, we've got these businesses coming in there. That's good. That's big. That was something I literally had no idea was happening until you just said it. 
we're talking about people enjoying where they live and having stuff to do. We now have tourism coming down there. That's what's about to happen. Absolutely. And we've seen even in 2018 an 8.5% increase in tourism in Montgomery, even before that. When you, when you add the Legacy Museum and the other historic points of interest on top of the theater and the baseball and this huge venue, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, you don't have to, people don't have to drive to Birmingham or Atlanta or, I mean, you can still do that if you want to take a day trip because you. Because you're only an hour away from Birmingham. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh, Kim, I didn't even, I didn't know that. I'm gonna. That gives me reason to go down there, other mm-hmm. than all the fun stuff mm-hmm. that I already. We travel. might be. We might be taking trips to to Montgomery from Birmingham for stuff to do. Okay, I'm. I'm listeners. I'm sorry that you don't hear me talking right now, which I do talk plenty. But I'm. I'm just a little bit stunned. Did I leave you speechless? Slightly. I didn't know that that was happening. I. Wow. Oh man, that's pretty. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That's gonna. That that creates. Kim. This this gives me an opportunity to talk about short term rental, the the tourist short term rental thing that we don't even do a lot of right now. That's not that's not even a focus of our business, but we we're trying to Airbnb options. Yeah, that's literally what I'm talking about here. From from a okay, hold the phone here. All right, stepping outside of just how AHI helps from a, a management standpoint, Brian and I have been working on. A, a way to operate in the short-term VRBO, Airbnb industry, and, and how that works for us being able to manage that. The fact that we have corporate housing and, and are able to put in furniture and then you know handle that from a cleaning standpoint, the fact that we are able to do that, it's a perfect fit for us anyways, but it makes sense that we, we should do that. We, we haven't opened that up to the masses yet. We're, we're working our own individual kinks out with, with our own properties before we start making that possible to the public. That, that, was, the, that was one of the new, that, that was one of the, the new little toggle buttons that we've switched on this year anyways. But being able to do that in Montgomery now with that tourism and, and that, that, We've already seen, okay, huh, huh, whoa, whoa, okay. Would you like to know from the governor's office how much money the tourists yes, spent yes, in please. 2018? Yes, please. $15.5 billion. Before the park? Before the park. Because the park doesn't exist yet. It does so yeah, not exist yet. $15 billion? And that was up a billion from the year before. Huh. And that's that's just tourism. okay. So yeah, these folks need places to stay too. My mind is whir- whirling here. Uh, we were talking about investment and consulting, and that's a thing that we do. I have already looked into the short-term rental market and and the crazy jump from what your net cap rate looks like from a short-term rental market versus the traditional long-term. I've got a tenant for seven years. Yeah, that's good and and stable. And yeah, when we're talking about cash flow, a lot of these people want a good stable cash flow secondary income stream. Now, that those people, yeah, you've already listened investor that does that. That's if that's your main focus, yeah, you already see Montgomery's a good place to do that. Great, congratulations. Call us, we'll, we'll sell you a bunch of stuff in Montgomery. Now for the guys that I talk to that that want to stretch their wings and do something a little bit 
less conventional, a little bit more intriguing, a little bit more uh, out of the norm. And I know Airbnb is not new news. It's not, you know, ground shaking, earthquaking, uh, you know, brand new stuff. But it being able to do that in Montgomery, that is. That's not a thing that anybody's ever thought about until just now. I mean, very few people have, I would imagine. But being able to open that up, we, we already know that the numbers on short-term rental are like triple and quadruple yearly gross rental rates. That's that's what that ends up being. Even when you're talking about adding in your vacancy from... I know when we worked a Birmingham model, a lot of it was due to business centers and being able to come in for for conventions and stuff like that. And there's definitely a seasonality to that. If you're adding something like, yeah, people are going to go to Montgomery for for the baseball and the parks and stuff like that anyways, you add that tourism portion to it the and it give a very specific seasonality to it with that tourism, that gives you a really easy number to map your Airbnb business around. It gives you a real, real determined area where you go, I know that I'm going to have a season where I'm going to have Airbnb people in my property from this time to this time. It's just going to be full. And when you put something like that in a place like Montgomery, it gives that option just a ton more money and a ton more viability to it. I mean, I know there's people down there that are doing Airbnb right now. I know when we went down there, we I, I pulled it up just because I have the app on my phone. And every time I go to a, a new market, or not a new market, but but a market that I don't know on like the back of my hand like I do Birmingham, I know I always pull up my Airbnb to see hey, how many are around me, how many are available. There wasn't a ton in Montgomery right now, but there were definitely some. When that happens, the viability of that um, strategy is going to be crazy. Yes, it is. And it's time to go in. This is now start, this is when you buy and them, start right? purchasing those homes and rehabbing and them. That? And absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh! Duplexes, if you, if you went down there, triplexes, quadplexes, and that's, even even single family options for if we're looking at the the short term rental. And and that's that is a different strategy. That is a different kind of renovation that we do when we're. Traditionally, talking about Montgomery, when you're talking about a, a Section 8 tenant or a um, lower income housing tenant, whether that, I mean, just, just your 900 and below rental rates, that, that's a different kind of, of rehab than what you do for something like this. That, if, you're, if your average rental rate is $900 a month, okay, that, that, that's a go in it. Put, you know, we always tell people you don't go in there and, and minimize what you put in there. You put the what fits the market, but you do put nice versions of whatever. You go in there and you don't have to put granite countertops in $900 a month uh, properties. Right. You want nice cabinets and nice countertops. Cabinets are one of those things that Joe talks about constantly from a, a standpoint of it doesn't matter if everything else in the house is nice, if your cabinets are gross. When a tenant walks in there, they open up those cabinets. If they're gross, they just can't see themselves in there. If they're sticky and nasty because they're 60-year-old cabinets, it's it's almost more of a direct correlation to cash on cash with those cabinets than it is with countertops in a lot of cases. But yeah, you still have to do it nice for a $900 a month rental. You want those to be nice cabinets, nice countertops. They don't have to be the best, but you want it to be a nice homey place. Don't want to spend too much money on it. But for Airbnb, like that's where you go 
HGTV wild sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you get what I'm saying? That's, like that, of, yeah. that's, that's when you go in there and you make it swanky. You put in the new light fixtures. And, and if you're someone that does like the design and you're really into, I want to buy a property where I can, I can really let my uh, individuality shine. I, I want to, I want to do some design. I want to buy some properties and I really want to make them like you'd see on TV. Really? Like that's where you do that is your Airbnb market. That's, that's when you go down there and you really like, you doll it up. You put some lipstick on it after you, after you fix it up and make it pretty. Guess what? You put on extra makeup to that thing. <laughs> Yeah, hang your pretty light fixtures. You go ahead and put in your granite countertops. You, you go ahead and style that thing up. That is a really interesting way to do that. And that is that makes a, you can make your money back doing that now for for tourism. When you actually create a property that is a destination rental. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You can make your money back on that now. That's that's not just a place that you do that in Birmingham because Birmingham is one of the few places where you can do that or Huntsville. The fact that you can do that now in Montgomery, or you're going to be able to do that in Montgomery, makes that a whole different uh, ball game to what what the traditional investment at Montgomery is. Elevates right? the playing field. Whoa! I get excited when I think about the number of investment strategies that work in in the Montgomery market. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know traditionally when we start talking about Montgomery, I know the traditional uh, tr- traditional. Uh, Knowledge and and, and uh, investment strategy is, is cash flow. If you want cash flow, you go to Montgomery. But now there's so much more. I feel like we're giving away one of Alabama's best kept secrets. Like for real. Like, like yeah, and you're you're welcome. Y- yeah, you're welcome, listener. Give us a call. We'll 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 put you in touch with Kim, and you'll. Oh man. Oh my gosh! It's like we just uncovered. It's like we've gone into one of those uh, you know American pickers, and we we found something, <laughs> and we're like, look. Look at this cool little thing. Hey, this is Montgomery, everyone. Hey, some, let's take this to the old uh, auctioneer. And oh, uh, it's uh, we, we've you know this this number on the back here means that it's worth way more than you thought it was. That's Montgomery right now. That's correct. You can go in there and buy Montgomery property for not a whole lot. You can buy it way less than you can buy Birmingham properties. You just can. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, we hadn't even talked about Prattville. No, we haven't. And the the surrounding counties, Atauga yeah. County, that you yeah. know, you know where where Prattville sits, and Elmore, Lowndes, there. Oh my gosh! You know, it, I think Montgomery. Th- this is that's the the point of this episode is to highlight Montgomery and what it has to offer. It literally has everything to offer that you could possibly want from an investment standpoint. It has it. It doesn't have as much of it as it does with Birmingham. There's less of it just because it's smaller, but it has it, and this is the time to buy it. And, I mean, we always get to the end of these episodes, Kim, like when Brian and I record them, we get to, all right, so what are your final thoughts? What is something that we want everyone to take away from this? Like, we, we could go, it's been 45 minutes. We can, we can keep going, and we can talk about Prattville if we want to, but I know that's going to be another... 30 to 45 minutes, and this will be the longest episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> if I do that, which that was literally the opposite of the point of the, these episodes, were to make these shorter market highlighted uh, episodes. Um, I think the best way to explain Prattville before we get into our final thoughts is it is the A class property in Montgomery. That's that's where you go when you find your your um, 
it's the Hoover of, of Montgomery Woods. If you're not from Birmingham or you're not from Alabama, you don't quite know what that means. I was actually going to say that very same thing. Yeah, but it's it's that's the suburbs of Montgomery. The, the inner city of Montgomery is what we are mostly talking about. But when we're talking about the outskirts area, there there's A class homes in in Prattville and always and has been for you know 20, 30 years. That's where the A class section of Montgomery is is in Prattville. Um, there's still some really good buys there as well. Um, it's a different strategy that that is where you're gonna find your um, more traditionally speaking, uh, with without hoping that all this new stuff happens in Montgomery, which it is, um, people have been able to buy in in Prattville and watch those home prices climb pretty steadily from a uh, appreciation standpoint. So that's still down there. And those are, more traditionally speaking, those are those are less expensive A-class homes than what you would be able to buy in the Birmingham area. If you're buying a half million dollar house in Birmingham, same thing in, in Prattville would cost you 300000 I mean, for general comparative sake. Right. But it's still, that's also another neat market that, that it's still part of the Montgomery market. And if that's your strategy, we can talk with you a little bit about that too on a, on a you know, person-to-person call. If, if, if you're going to reach out to us, you, you, you certainly are welcome to email us about any of those individual areas and we can get you those, those um, specific market data. But I, I, I think we're going to try and wind it down here. Um, Kim, why don't you give us your final thoughts on Montgomery and why people should be, be looking at it and why people should be buying in that area? Well, I'm going to say low taxes, reasonable property values, increase in tourism activity, labor force is continuing to grow, unemployment is low. Yeah. It's it's time it's time to be there. And I would I would go ahead and 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 get in line ahead of everybody else because they're calling us. I know that in in our um Montgomery office just in the last 6 weeks We've seen, if my numbers are correct, about a 10% increase in our rental inventory. That's nuts. And this is beginning of the first quarter of the year, which traditionally is one of the slower slow times, times yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. If, we're, if we're going 10% increase in the yeah. slow time of the year, I can't wait for June. That'll be absolutely bonkers. And it's 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 busy enough to where Jonathan and I are even taking calls at this point yeah. from investors that, that have purchased there that uh, are looking for management and tenants. Yeah. And I'll say, as my, as my final thoughts, I think, I was trying to make the point of this earlier, I think Montgomery is an untapped potential market. It is the dark horse in the Birmingham groupings of of markets. It's our newest market. Um, we've been there two or three years. And it's it's something that that, from a national standpoint, people don't know what all they can have there. It is, it is just in the beginnings. This is what, if you could have bought into Birmingham uh, a decade ago, that's, that's what Montgomery is now. Montgomery is just getting to that point where, hey, if you bought right now, you could make a lot of money in, in the coming future. This is the time to really get into there. Um, it, it is about to be something that you're going to wish you had bought something in, is my point. And, and this is the time that you can. That's right. It's it's the the prices are low enough. Go right. get it. And that window is is narrowing. Oh my gosh, yes it is. Um and and, and that point, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We still have not in Brian's absence come up with a good tagline to end these episodes, but you know what? If if you really 
want to reach out to us, feel free, reach out, email us at podcast at ahiproperties.com. Um, you can reach out to me at jcook at ahiproperties.com. Kim, why don't you tell everyone if they want to reach out directly to you to get your market expertise, uh, they can reach you where at? I'm at kfurlow, that's K-F-U-R-L-O-W at ahiproperties.com. And we want to thank everyone for listening to this episode and come back next week. We are going to be continuing our uh, market madness, March madness, however we have decided to call this series on the different individual marketplaces in Alabama. Um, Next week, we will be talking about Mobile. So come on back, listen to that. If you want to know what's happening down there and what's going to be happening in the future, um, that is going to be a really, really great episode. But thank everyone for uh, being here, listening to us today, and we will be back soon. Thank you. Today we are busier than ever and struggling to do more while adding value. Global Strategic understands the value of your time. By leveraging custom business process solutions, you can focus on your core competency and save time and money. If you've been dealing with a lost productivity due to sudden staff departure, high rates of turnover, or staff that don't share your vision, they can help. With offices in the U.S. and the Philippines, they provide dual-shore 24-7 coverage for their valued partners. If you need to save time and money, but you're not sure how, just give them a call at 855-731-4966 or visit globalstrategic.com for more information. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.